Blog Talk Radio. Problem. 
Know why? We're privately owned and we do what we want. And when kids get out of hand, we whoop their ass. Time out is for football games. When kids want to show off, we don't give them a timeout. We just whoop their ass. We don't make a kid stand in the corner. That's my house plan. When one of our kids gets out of order, we snatch him out of that classroom and whoop their ass. Here at WTA Academy, we make sure they learn the basics of reading and writing, math and science. But above all else, they learn discipline. This is what will keep your kids out of jail. Make the world a better place. Sometimes you gotta whoop their ass. And we do. Here at WTA Academy, our motto is, we care enough to whoop their ass. They may not read and write too well, but they'll act like they've got sense. Because we whoop their ass. So bring your kids on down to whoop their ass Academy. We'll get them straight. All right, welcome back to John Party. I'm your host, Papa Dita. I'm here with Kettle. Hello. And Red Wine. Yo, yo. I mean, bonesly, darling. Oh, boy. Oh, wow. What's up with the French man? He, he, he gone? <laughs> no, we went visiting up in the hood, and I got a little confused. But uh, oh, it's all good. Oh, okay. All right. Yeah, you know, they, have, okay. they got hoods in the French Quarter, too, you know. I bet they do. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so tonight right. I want to kick it off with our first hot topic. Uh, sad to report, there's been another school shooting. Actually, there were two this week, but we're going to talk about the one that happened today. This was in Santa Fe, Texas. Ten people were killed. Now, the last report I heard, nine of them were students. One of them was mm. an adult. And ten other people were ten other people were injured in this shooting that happened this morning at a high school in southeastern Texas in a city called Santa Fe. Uh, authorities right now have two people that have been det- well, one has been arrested, another one has been detained. The shooter has been identified as Demetrios, and I'm probably going to butcher his last name, Pagordis. P- 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 He's 17 years old, and he was a student there. He's now in jail, accused of capital murder with no bond. Now, they still call him the alleged shooter. I don't know why. They know he did it. But the alleged shooter used a shotgun and a revolver that were legally owned by his father, and two school resource officers who were on campus confronted him early on in the process They also found journals on a computer and a cell phone owned by the suspect, and he had indicated, that is the the suspect, this young man, indicated he wanted to take his own life after the shooting, but that didn't happen because now he's in custody. So the gunfire started around 7.30 in the morning, but then this is what got me. Later on, as they were searching and everything and getting the kids out, they found explosive devices that included pipe bombs and pressure cookers in the school and around the school. Now, how crazy is that? So he wasn't just trying to shoot people. He wanted to shoot people, blow people up, and then take his own life. Now, the second person, who they also believe to be a student, has been detained and they're saying that a second person who's 18 might be an accomplice but is not the shooter. So they have uh, two, it's ridiculous, two law enforcement officers were also injured. Uh, People were taken to the hospital. One man is in critical condition with a gunshot wound in his arm. 
And uh, let's see, statistically, this is the 22nd United States school shooting since the beginning of 2018, and it's only, what, middle of May? Wow. This is crazy. Yeah. Um, of course, witnesses described, it is. Witnesses described that the kids, of course, were running when they heard the gunshots. Um, the alarm went off, so they're not quite sure of what the sequence of events were, but they're speculating that the shooter set off the alarm to get the kids to run out of the building, and as they were running, that's when he started shooting. So they found some explosive devices around the high school and adjacent areas, and they're still, I don't know if they're still searching, but I don't know if he's going to tell them where he put stuff or not. But when they went back and looked through his social media, you know, which usually tells you all the information and gives you all the warning signs, in his case, they didn't really find anything. He was pretty, you know, average kind of stuff he posted, with the exception of one picture he posted of a plain black T-shirt that said, kill something. I forgot now what it said. I saw the picture. It had the word kill and another word, which I don't recall now, but it had that on it. And it also had um, uh, a picture of like a trench coat that he posted that had some neo-Nazi symbols and that kind of stuff on it. But that was just mm-hmm. like those two postings. Everything else was just, you know, typical high school kind of stuff. But one of the mm-hmm. kids who they interviewed at the school said that he used to walk around with these uh, this long, dark trench coat on, even when it would be like 90 degrees. Now, this wow. is down in Texas. And you know it gets hot in Texas. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But they they said he was pretty much a loner. And he didn't really socialize or talk to a lot of people. And I guess they got used to seeing this 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 guy walk around with this trench coat on in hot weather. So nobody bothered him. Yeah. Same. I don't know. Um, it's, yeah, it's, it's just getting out of hand. I did, you know, hear some reports saying that it seemed like these kids that do these shootings like you said, you know, before that they are loners and um, they just want recognition or, you know, maybe they've been bullied or haven't had enough attention at home or at school. And unfortunately, this, this, you know, I'm quite sure once they finish the investigation, they're probably going to talk about some type of social media. Um, you know, it's, it's not confirmed, but I'm quite sure he's probably been out there on social media and probably had got no recognition. People just, just think he's just you know, the average Joe Blow, and he's he feels as if he's going to get this attention now. So, um, I don't know. I mean, when they looked on his social media stuff, which they have now taken down, there was really mm-hmm. nothing on there, no real warnings other than those weird two pictures, but that was it. Why? Mm-hmm. Right. Was it pertaining to Nazi stuff you, you mentioned? Or that one picture of the trench coat, it had some kind of Nazi signal signal on it, sign or something like that, but that was it. I mean, the guns were legally owned by his father. Because, you know, in Texas, everybody's stressed. I think their pets yeah, are stressed. Oh, Lord. Everybody mm-hmm. got guns in Texas. Cats and dogs, mm-hmm. horses, everybody got a weapon. 
It's rough. So are you, uh, what do you think about that, Papa? I mean, what, what's what's going on in your head? About the shooting? Yeah. Like, you know, what, well, what's you know, going to have to happen I think, next? I think there's a lack of parental control, you know. Mm-hmm. The parents ain't watching them kids at all. I don't know what's going on with it. And the description is so simple. It's always the same type, same race, same everything. Mm-hmm. But being in that particular race, ain't nobody paying it no mind. Playing mm-hmm. it off like, you know, you know what I'm saying? Oh, it's right. just a shooting. Guess, you know. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Just, nobody uh, wants to see it. I have to say, 45, he did step up to the plate. And I think he, for once, listened to his advisors, and he was, you know, out there um, pretty early talking about it and what they're going to do as far as the best that they can, what they have, I guess. You know, they're going to work on some things, but we'll see. We just have to really see. But at least he did get out there and, you know, talk to um, talk to us and then trying to reassure us uh, uh, in retrospect some things. But uh, we'll see. But you know, it's not really coming from nowhere in particular. You know, it's coming mm-hmm. from the same household doing the same thing, same race right. of people doing it, the same the same mo. You know, so right. you have mm-hmm. to punish the parents so the parents can. It needs to be some punishment to the parents because yeah. you know they get yeah. guns. They I don't know. It's just it's not free in my opinion. It's not a free deal. Not a free deal at all, you know. The mo is so common. Same people, same race, same age group, same issues, same problems, over and over again. So you got to stop mm-hmm. thinking that it's some random, something random. It ain't random at all. It's it's a it's a cult. It's a following. Mm-hmm. It's a, you know, it's a group, and they do it. Look how often it's happening. Ain't like to think. This stuff is happening every five minutes, man. Every you know, every few weeks. So it, it, it's there. So you, you can't yeah. evade it or avoid it. That's true. So. I agree. It's just what are we gonna do about it? That's that's the that's the next question. What and so. when? Well, your boy forty five right. said that uh we need to do something about this. We need to get the guns out of the hands of people that would harm themselves and others. That's yeah. what he said right. today. That's a general <laughs> statement. You gotta get yeah. the hands yeah. out of out of this. Yeah, the get same, the guns out of the hands of the people that are doing this. Of the young white boys, and we all know that's what it is, but nobody wants to say that. No, nah, they're not going to say that. It's not like it's a, you know, a female did it one time, a black boy did it one time. This is the same M.O. You line up all the all the guys that did the shooting of these people, and they all look alike. Same age group, same everything. Mm-hmm. But, you know, one of the... um. Um, I think it was one of the lawmakers of, of uh, Texas or the, um, what do you call them, um, on Congress, um, one of the representatives from Texas. Now, he did mention something about him and another partner was trying to um, stir up a type of grant for different, um, you know, for, for schools to have some type of protection or um, is it just extra security, some means of, protecting these kids. And I thought that was a good idea. At least somebody's talking about something, but you got to do something. If you don't put things in place, they're going to keep doing it. It's, it's going to be a continuous thing. And, um, you know, 
it's unfortunate. I think the the big wigs they don't want that because guns bring in a lot of money, but it it kills a lot of people, and that's the thing that they seem like they don't really care. That's the NRA, and and who's head of the NRA now is uh, Oliver North of all people. I say, are you serious? He's the president of NRA now. But uh, <laughs> hopefully it's not a hell in the ha- in, in the handbasket. <laughs> Hope it don't get worse. Yeah, we'll see. Yeah, that's all we can do is we'll see. Mm-hmm. All right, we're going to push on. Another news. Yep. Yeah, another um, news. Yeah, it goes from apples to oranges. Okay. Um, white woman sees a black man inspecting a house and calls the cops. On uh, May 5th, African-American real estate investor Michael Hayes was inspecting a house he's interested in buying in a Memphis neighborhood. This was in Memphis. He was pulling a board off the boarded up home front um, down when a woman next door came outside. Hayes said he waved to her. The woman who was white asked him what was he doing. He pointed to the side and he placed in front of the yard. So it goes on to say, I told her that I had a contract and that I was an investor. Um, Hayes wanted um, to get inside the house to take pictures, but she wasn't listening to that. She didn't want to hear it. So she said she had no uh, that he had no right to be in her neighborhood and should leave. Then she called the police. So at this point, Hayes, who often records his activities as a real estate investor for his YouTube channel, pulled out his smartphone and started recording. He was rolling when a squad car from the Memphis um, Police Department rolled up. The video shows Hayes explaining why um, he was at the home in Memphis um, to the Memphis police. Here we go. The officer soon joined by a second officer seemed to be convinced that Hayes has done nothing wrong and tells him that if he has any more problems with the woman to call him back to the house. And uh, she will go to jail today. The officer then walks over to the woman's yard and talks to her, warning her to leave Hayes alone. He's just going to go in there and do what he's got to do. <laughs> We're going to let him um, do what he's going to do. The officer is monitoring the Hayes, and the house says to the woman. So she says, if you try to do anything to stop him, I'm going to take you to jail. This is what the officer said to her. Wow. So um, the woman yeah, I'm, later I'm said, glad that finally, I'm just glad that finally the officers were on the, on our side for a change. I, I don't believe it. I, I, I'm tripping on this. Truly, you're right. So <laughs> finally, so, yeah. So at the end of it, the woman later said, um, um, "I'm Spanish and my boyfriend is black. There's nothing racist about it." However, said the people used the uh, house to do drugs before the city finally boarded it up. So. I guess she was taking precautionary measures, but um, don't continue to harass the man. The man said this is what he's here to do. Leave him alone. She called the police and, you know, back up. <laughs> I'm like, exactly. Mm-hmm. Now, People now, need to uh, mind their business sometimes. They need to mind their business all the time. But, Kettle, uh, let me ask you a question. You were saying, um, who who said something about I'm Spanish and my boyfriend's black? Where'd that where'd that come from? 
uh, the lady said that. So, um, Hayes, he then asked if the officer will stay at the scene about five minutes so he can finish up his work. Hayes um, commended the police officer for protecting him, saying the officers handled it perfectly, and uh, he made him feel safe. So he also alluded that the woman called the police on him simply because of his race. So that's when the lady came back and said that she was Spanish and her boyfriend was black. I mean, why do people do that? You so know, that's proof that she's not racist? That's what that's supposed I to mean, mean? Come on, hell. <laughs> well, you know, I have black I you. friends. You know, they always say that. Well, I, I tell you, that. you know what, I tell you, first of all, I, I just, I mean, I guess everybody grabs stuff. You know, just like that that uh, that stuff on on TV with the the two names they were shouting out. You know, what is it, Yanni and Laurel? Mm-hmm. I think everybody perceives stuff in a different way based on where their head and their heart is, and and where their their uh, their civil rights integrity. You know, I find that in people, and I won't put blacks on it, but I'll say people in general. Sometimes people really try to grab a narrative, or or they or sometimes they get on a tail end of the whole situation, or they, they nestle the tail end of the situation. As far as I'm concerned, mm-hmm. this, this call has nothing to do with the police officer, how he handled anything. It has nothing to do with that, nothing at all. First of all, you know, people got to stop thinking that, oh, man, it, it's so it's so deep. When she said, I'm Spanish, okay, see, when you have a certain grade of hair or a complexion, you know what I mean? You mm-hmm. can blend, you know, and you got, right. um, you have you have Spanish that have that have a lot of melon in them, and you got white Spanish, like you have white Puerto Ricans or white Ricans, as as uh, my man calls them, uh, Paul Mooney. You know, you got white Ricans that they got the whole look, and they they sit back all the time and hear people talk about black people like a dog, but you know we we've come full circle with this here, and and this is getting boring. And the white folks that are doing this now, they're they're third and fourth generations, and they're just as ghetto as any black person you want to find is ghetto. They got more they got more crap going on with them than you can imagine. The fact that the stigma of blacks is so heavy that that we we've, we've never taken a good look or a second look at what white folks are really bringing to the table. It's, it's, and when we get into our little segment of white privilege, we're gonna focus on that. Because it's you see it every day, no matter what you're doing. And, and white people are very aware that they have white privilege. You know, they know the stigmas is on black people, and they use it every day. Every day they walk out the door, whether it's at the bank, credit union, whatever they project. They know how to project the image, project the style, project the hair, project the look. You know, that all going to I'm trying to be the upscale white person that you really should be respecting. And it's really deep. And that situation happened with that guy on that street there. You know, you only you live somewhere based on where what you can afford. It's got nothing to do with mm-hmm. them. Them people on there. Her, that Spanish woman probably she probably got the house inherited to her because she probably cleaned the damn house of the white folks that passed on and died. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> right. And I'm only saying right. this, okay. this is what happened in my own my neighborhood. My neighborhood is all predominantly mostly Spanish now, but it was, when I moved there in 99, it was predominantly white. But the older people died off, and the children didn't want the house, and children moved to Seattle or wherever, and the parents said, well, look, they, they went to Alejandro, who used to do their lawn and then do their porch and do their 
house and they wonder, look, I, I can say the house for a good price. I'm getting home. I'm going to a nursing home, whatever. And this happened all over. And all of a sudden, you look up, and Alejandro and, and Roberto and, and, and whatever, Cleavish, whatever their names are, took these houses mm-hmm. over. And this house, right. she probably didn't know what happened, but she won't tell nobody that. She wants people to think mm-hmm. that she went the right, she went to where I saved up for the mortgage and yada yada. BS. No, you didn't. No, you didn't. You used to mow that lady's lawn before she died 10 years ago. You know, so the truth never comes out. That's the problem with the world. The truth is always hidden somewhere, and we never know what's really going on with things. So, But I just wanted to say in the case that this guy finally, and this was in Memphis, right? Correct. Finally, the police were on his side and told that white lady, you need to go mind your business, leave that man alone. He's trying to do his job. He's not bothering you, but if you keep bothering him, we're going to lock you up. Yeah, well, the police being the, the human aspect of that police officer. See, sometimes we get them hillbilly bears that's on their side. Exactly. But this, this that's why I said finally we get somebody. This police officer happened to be one that has a more wholesome, open-minded nature about himself. And that's what and I'm saying. Just, finally, we got some justice. When the yeah. police show up, they don't just automatically side with this woman that called. And and start going in on this guy like why are you breaking into this house? Because usually that's what they would do. They would show up with a preconceived yeah, notion of so you're breaking into the house. So lame. That's so lame. Like, so, like he has nothing else to do. You know, it's so sad how they give people such a you know. And when you look up and they're accusing you of something heinous like that, and that's not even your nature, it just pisses you off so much. And if you if you did a, a download on the lady there that was complaining, you would see more drama in her life. What she got going on is her mortgage up to date, is her taxes up to date. I mean, I just don't, you know, I don't trust nobody. I don't, I don't, you know, know what? But another aspect of that story is that uh, she was saying, was it this story or another one, where she said she's not the one that called, but she would have called. Yeah. And then, oh, well, you know what one? got me, too, at the end of that? We're going to move on from this story here in a minute. She said that, uh, okay, all right, well, verify who you are everything. She said, just get done and get out. Yeah. Like she owns the whole <laughs> damn neighborhood. All you own is that what's called a house. Is, a house is considered a lot, a lot and a block. You own mm-hmm. that lot and that block of that particular situation. You don't own anything else. They think they own the whole neighborhood. It's because they've been holding the neighborhood down for so long. And when you do that, that shows that they've been holding guard. They've been the, you know, the Derek guards right there just protecting anybody that comes in that yeah. they think don't belong there. That's Thanks been going on for a long time. Queen of the Orange Hat Brigade. Yeah, really. So it's just amazing. It's amazing. For her to be on blast mm-hmm. on TV, I'm sure she lost a few of her black friends that she spoke to. <laughs> you know. Oh, boy. Anyway. Okay. anyway. Oh, yeah. All right. That's a good segue but if you got to any questions, Paula. Yeah. If the callers, if you got any comments on that story, callers, you know, give us a call, press one on your phone, and uh, you'll be put it's through, and you can uh, tell us what you think. The number is nine one four eight zero three four three zero six. And press one. And press one. If you're already listening by and phone, press, press one, one and, uh, and give us your opinion. You know, because we need it. Because it's, it's it's rough out there. And if you're listening online, just give us a call nine one four eight zero three four three zero six and press one. All right, Papa D. So. Let's talk about this whole white privilege situation. Well, you know, I, I wanted to emphasize I wanted to emphasize that particular uh, segment tonight because I'm gonna tell you, white privilege has been going on for a long time, and the sad part about it is that a lot of white 
white people, and we're speaking of white people that are that are the facilitators of this. You know, believe me, this show is not no militant show where we are sitting up here with uh, picks in our hair and uh, you know. We we not you know I don't, I don't know. So I gotta take my pick out my hair. Yeah, I knew I knew that was coming. <laughs> you know we're not sitting here with any kind of uh, cynical things. You know we don't have a uh, you know fists around us and, and a bunch of uh, H-Rap Brown and uh, Gil Scott Harum albums laying around and things like that. You know we're we're regular people. You know. However. We like the birds and the bees. Flowers on the trees. We'd rather, uh-huh. we'd rather die on our feet than live on our knees. Okay. Now. Say it loud. I'm black and I'm black proud. Black and I'm proud. Another line from James uh-huh. Brown. Say it loud. I'm black and I'm brown. Anyway, but white privilege has been 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 divvied up for years. When they go in the bank to talk about mortgages, you know, they have the look. They have the – and they, they may not even have the credit, but they got the look. They got the look. They got the, the job. This is the reason why police officers and firemen didn't make a lot of money because they go in and they get what they want from institutions based on being first responders. It's been going for years, especially in the New York area for years. You could be a $30,000, $35,000, dollars police officer fireman. You get anything you want, you know, because the fix is in, the nod. They give you the nod, as they call it. And that's just and that's just the tip of the iceberg of, of things, just everything. I mean, when it comes to jobs, job appointments, uh, the nepotism in the office, who appointed who before they left, you know, the bosses before they left, they got make sure they got everybody in there right underneath black people's nose. Because black people come to work showing, you know, dedication and just work ethic and not really paying attention to the politics. And the politics can go on right underneath them without them even knowing. It's amazing. It's amazing. You know, we're so busy trying to be righteous, trying to be what we are, how we were raised. And and if you look at how most white folks were raised, nothing like us, nothing like us, so below our standards of our parents and grandparents and forefathers, so far below the food chain. Oh, my God. It's amazing. You sit back and talk about your lovely family, them, they'd be like, damn, I got locked in a damn basement. They'd be saying in their mind <laughs> because they, they've they been through some horrendous stuff. I mean, because, you know, and and I'm not going to be long-winded with this it's really sad that racism exists because problems, situations, circumstance, drama is amongst all people. It is not exclusive to blacks in anything. We're not the only people on welfare. We're not the only people collecting SSI. We're not the only people doing anything that may be deemed ghetto. You know, when people do something mm-hmm. that they deem ghetto, they, they focus back on the black race where they think the word ghetto came from when ghetto ghetto actually came from the Jews. And, you know, they just, they, they tag. It's always tag your it, tag your it. And we, some of us don't have the strength and agility to, to wipe it off, you know. When it comes at you, you got to wipe it off like it's dandruff. You can't walk around thinking, well, you know, that's just the way they are. You know, when it happens, like, when you get like that, boy, you have been coded big time. So mm-hmm. I'm going to Yeah, I I was just going to add that I think what bothers me is the assumption that they're always correct, just because Mm -hmm. of the complexity. You know, that's what irritates me. Mm -hmm. Why? Why do people just automatically assume if it's their word, if it's my word against their word, if I'm black and they're white, the assumption is well, they must be right. 
They must know what they're talking about. Doesn't matter if I got three degrees on my wall and they barely made it through junior high. They still get the benefit of the doubt because they're white, so they must know more than this lowly black woman. I don't care where she went to school or who she studied under. It doesn't matter. And that's what bugs me, that whole, that level of white privilege. You know, you just get the assumption or the benefit of the doubt that you know more or that you're more qualified or that whatever you're saying, you must be correct. You know, and don't correct them in front of somebody. Oh, that's a that's like against the law almost. You know, yeah. I, I'm one of those people where don't come to me and correct, because I will school you, and I don't care. But it's not. But it's really not a direct connection anymore. In most cases, black white folks who feel like they really have divided and conquered the room, especially in the job market, they will put a black person as a supervisor as a buffer. So now they don't have to be bothered with the the little the little uh, the, the underclass black stuff. They'll let the black supervisor or manager handle the black employees before it gets up to them, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Okay, and, and that and, supervisor or manager supervisor is got too more, stupid to realize. Right. Well, that's why they were chosen. Exactly. That's why they were chosen, and that supervisor has more education, more knowledge, more common knowledge, more common sense knowledge than the white person that they work for. But sometimes and they're too so, stupid to realize that your position that you have is not because of your education and experience; it's to keep those Negroes in check. Mm-hmm. That's why they put you. So in they there. don't have to be bothered. Exactly. Because so, I, and, but they, but they're so they're walking around with their ego all inflated, thinking, oh, I earned this position. I put my time in and all of this stuff, paid my dues. No, you were in the right place at the right time. In many cases, I yeah, won't say always, but in many cases, you're the token. You're yeah. the one that they said, well, you know, let him handle it. He'll handle them. And then I just need to deal with one Negro, and he can deal with all the rest of it. Well, I noticed that, too, in Prince George County. Prince George County is a town, is a, not a town, it's a county, really. It's a, it's a county that has a level of uniqueness when it comes to black people because most people in, in Prince George County are working class people, and they all have, you know, pretty nice homes, and, you know, they have hell, hell nice-ass cars. Look at that mercy. Anyway, but... Um, the thing I know about Prince George County is that any store or restaurant that I may go in, no matter what it may be, it could be, um, I'll just throw a few names out there. It could be Applebee's, uh, what's that place that does the steaks uh, from Australia? Oh, uh, Outback. Out, Outback. Uh, anywhere, anywhere, Home, Home Depot, Lowe's, supermarkets, anywhere you go in Prince George County. When you go in these different places, Prince George County looks like Johannesburg. Black folks everywhere. All right, black folks everywhere. But as soon as you bring out a problem and you call for a manager, out comes the Caucasian. Now, I'm trying to figure myself, where do you live? Do you live in Prince George County? Probably not because I don't see a lot of white in Prince George County. If I'm sitting in a restaurant in Prince George County, and and I'm when I see a white person here, I feel like they don't they're lost and looking for directions <laughs> because I, they're just not their population because of, they look out of place. They look out of place because the black folks are well to do. They have everything they need, but if there's a complaint, if you get a hair in your food or something, when you call the manager, out comes the white person all the time. Uh, uh, um, 
over there in uh, what's the place, Landover Hills, the Walmart over there. They got 10,000 Negroes in there like they're making a Tarzan movie. It's crazy. But have a problem. Here comes a little white boy, and he's only 23, 24 years old. Yeah, but he's, he's the his, manager. But he's a manager. He's got his laptop. He's got the company phone. And, and so it just goes to show you that we're being used. We're, we're being so used, so used. I mean, I, I just can't even, I can't even imagine how, because our, our minds are so destitute, and, and we, we just settle for less, and well, we don't, Well, I was going to say you know, it's what we accept. Yeah, it's what we accept. But we have a caller, so mm-hmm. I'm going to get another opinion on this and see if they disagree or agree with us. Caller, you are live on the Pajama Party Show. What's going on? Yes, Indeed. I don't know what to agree on. You can agree, you can disagree. Okay, on Mother's Day in Miami, a black guy walked into a cheesecake factory with his girlfriend and her mother, and he had a Trump support hat on. So the, the workers at Cheesecake Factory starts. Somebody want to knock his hat off and blah, blah, blah. They just, like, harass the man. Mm. Okay. Mm. That wasn't fair. Yeah, it wasn't. It's freedom of speech. You should be able to. Freedom of speech. I, I wouldn't have served him, but back I say they don't con- they they apologize to him and the people. Then they find two of the workers. Okay. <laughs> well, at least they, they did some uh, immediate crazy. action. Yeah, at least they did some immediate action. So. Yeah. Interesting. All right. Right. So, what do you think about situations like in in stores in predominantly black areas that have seem like they always have a white manager in charge? Well, that, now I can't speak on. If you look at it, they always practically all the stores does do have that. Mm-hmm. Even, even Why is that? McDonald's, you, you see, you see a lot of Spanish in McDonald's taking over McDonald's, but you see a white manager. You might see so that means that Spanish. So does that mean they don't trust us at the safe? Don't trust us with no. the money. No. Don't think we have the leadership to, to to organize the papers. And I mean, you know, because I think that McDonald's has probably made that franchise has probably the easiest organizational aspect of running that office, as you can imagine, because they just they want to make money and open up a new day. It's not like they. Are doing anything new? Yeah, they're not doing brain surgery. Yeah, and it's hold the pickles, hold the lettuce, mm-hmm. special orders, donuts, lettuce. Oh, that's Burger, Burger King. It's Burger King. Yeah. <laughs> All right, okay. <laughs> but anyway. Okay. So, Carl, you cool with that? With white managers, you you like that? Nah. Uh-uh. <laughs> no. Mm-hmm. But you know, it gets. Mm-hmm. You know, caller, it gets deep because it makes you feel like when a white manager comes out, it's like they're the only ones that can settle the problems, you know? They're the facilitators of peace. Well, they're the only ones with any power. Uh, I wouldn't call it, I don't, it's not really the power. They're the facilitators of peace. They feel like they're the only ones 
that can put everything back in perspective. Well, well, that's what I mean by power. If I'm upset because something is marked down, but the register says it's ten dollars more, mm-hmm. and I'm trying to tell the cashier that she doesn't have the power to give it to me at that price, who does she have to call? Yeah. She got to call Mr. Jimmy, and Mr. Jimmy John is going to come out there and say, "What seems to be the problem?" And then I explain it to him, and he puts a code in the register and gives me that $10 discount and walks away. But the one thing that I do find that they do have black managers in, and I've never seen a white manager represent this at all, is T.J. Max and Marshalls, boy. You have a problem with T.J. Max and Marshalls, some big buff sister going to come and be in large and in charge. I need 20% off this. Here comes, here comes sister girl. Oh, yes. I'm the man. I, I know you are. I ain't never seen a white manager in TJ Maxx or Marshall. They hold it down. What have you got a problem with? Oh, you ever seen a white manager in TJ Maxx? Now that you mention it, no, I, I know you have. At least not in the DMV I know area. Them sisters got it down. But you know what? I'm, I'm, I'm kind of in not in the middle, but I've seen both sides. Now, what you said, Papa Didi, you know, in certain areas or certain stores, you see a black manager, big buff person coming out. But you know the things that I've seen But I but I was but Kettle, check it out. Kettle, but Kettle, excuse me for one second. But I was talking about Prince George County. Now I'm not I, I wasn't speaking I, I on any other area. I'm saying I I've just seen it wherever they are, it doesn't matter where they are. A black manager and a white manager is totally different. A black manager will come out and give you confrontation because I'm the H I N I C or whatever you want to call it in charge. Yeah, I've so gotten that go done. I've gotten that done before. Now, if you're a white yeah, manager, just like Red Wine said, they'll come out, okay, ma'am, you know, sir, whatever, they'll hear your complaint. They'll put that, uh, wipe that car. Give that because they people. don't know how to handle a black. A black know how to handle a black. That's and why. And then also, they, don't, they probably don't want to either. Yeah, they don't want to see. things to be doing. Nope, they don't yeah. have time. They don't have time for that. Yeah, let me handle this Negro and keep it. They moving. don't want you right. to make a scene up in there. Yeah. They're like, yep, okay, look, give it 10% off, and I'm done. Yep, yep. They're trying to, they're trying to protect so, the So, I mean, is that a good thing or a bad thing? I mean, you know, people that are in power or, so to speak, or managers, you know, you see another black, okay, I'm, I'm going to give them some, some, some lip or confrontation. Why? Just give me the damn 10% and move on. <laughs> you know. I agree. I don't know why. You know what? But you know what? I think it's because sometimes people who look the same automatically assume a level of familiarity. You know, it's like if it's a white manager, they come out and they say, what can I do for you, ma'am? But when it's a black manager, sometimes they won't even say ma'am or sir. They come out and say, what's the problem? You know, what is the issue? You know, it's like, why you got to come to me like that? Mm-hmm. But see, just because they're like, oh, I'm black, you black, I don't have to be yeah, formal yeah, with you. Yeah, you know what? Yeah. I'm going to just come to you like you my you sister what? girl. I'm like, I I'm agree with, I agree I'm that. a cuss. I agree with that completely. And I have had you that. You can my white. I have. You can't do something. Right. <laughs> Let me go. tell you something. You know what? I want to kiss it, Liz. Let me tell you something. I have, been in, I have been in stores that had black female managers, and two of them would come out, and, and as I was talking, it happened to me at Home Depot, I believe. I was doing something, oh, and, and the black managers, the two female, the two black oh. females were saying, "Well, you do it," and then they started talking in black slang to me. Oh, so you think because you, I said, "Hold up, don't give me that heifer shit, man." Don't, you know, don't, don't, don't even. 
I'm speaking professional as a shopper at Home Depot. Don't talk to me like I'm one of your damn honeys. All right, don't don't talk to me like we used to date at one time. Mm-hmm. Don't talk to me like you like you've known you're me. You're so familiar with me, you know. And it happened to me in New Orleans at a hotel one time. I'm listening to this this sister kissing this white man's ass before me, and I had a leaking toilet in my room. And and I went to talk to her, and all of a sudden, she said, "Yes, can I help you?" And I said, "I'm in such this room, and my my, my toilet's leaking." And I, I was a little upset, you know, me being an Aries, you know, we're fire ready aim. And and I'm a little upset. And and all of a sudden, she called me by my first name. Okay, you know, and and and, and we'll take. I said, wait a minute, wait, wait a minute. When the hell did you stop calling me, Mister? You know, whatever mm. my last name is. Wow. Said, wow. Oh, 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 oh! You're gonna get. Oh, oh. So, so that bothered you? I said, hell yeah, it bothered me, you little country bunkin. You know, and she, you know, being a New Orleans native, you know, when you're up there for the Essence Festival, you know the difference between the natives and the, and the Essence people, you know what I mean? Because the natives yeah. just look like, you know, they just hobos and stuff, you know. But anyway, I didn't say that to get back at old girl. But, you know, you <laughs> oh, can tell the difference yeah. between the, the natives and the uh, the visitors. But, you know, she yeah. just went personal on me. And I said, why are you getting familiar with me and you don't even know me just because I'm black and you're black? You feel like you could just reduce this conversation to homeboy, homegirl kind of stuff? And I'm paying two forty nine wow. a night? Wow. See, that's mm, the kind of stuff wow. that you encounter sometimes. Yeah, we get that familiarity yeah. and yeah. vicious. Okay, no, okay. Now, I, I, I want to get on another subject. I understand what Pop D was saying. Uh, did y'all hear about the incident? I think it was in Florida about the, the, the black lady and a, and a boyfriend or something with the 10 kids. Yes. No. Yeah. Oh, you. Oh, you. Yeah. Yeah. Now you, like you were saying about how blacks act. Now you see how she looked far as that mugshot. Yes. I did you see, see that. This was in her when she was talking to the to the uh, reporter. Absolutely. And what about her husband with the, with the uh, teardrop on his eye? Is she standing there? Look, look like she a glamour queen, <laughs> and the way living, the way she was living. Mm, mm, mm. It's a shame. Yeah. Yeah, that was it was bad. That was rather well, you know, because when the drugs is involved, nothing else really even goes on in the house. If you're heavy into that drug and that, that coke or that crack or whatever you're doing got you going, ain't nobody else getting fed. You think there's some common dinners going on when you're trying to put together a you know, a a, a what do they call them? I mean, I don't know what they call different things. Uh, but whatever paraphernalia they use. Yeah, whatever paraphernalia is going on. Yeah, they on, in there whatever. just mistreating uh, those kids. You're trying to make a speedball, and you done got together $60. You put together a nice speedball, and, and the kids are sitting there wondering, you know, what's, what, what are we going to eat? But you don't already spend $60 on getting your speedball. As soon as y'all do that speedball, y'all both sitting back on the couch like, you know, and never, never land. I mean, I can't even imagine a drug world. I've never been a part of it in that particular aspect. So, but I'm sure that it takes over everything else in the room. You know, that's mm-hmm. what an addiction does. It, it 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 takes precedence over everything. So, I hope that everything mm-hmm. that they did to those kids is done to them. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, whatever. Wow. Good morning, kisser. Let's. Well, if you guys got any more questions or comments, hit us up tonight. Nine one four eight zero three forty three zero six. All right, thank you, caller. We're going to take a quick break and go on to the Hit It and Quit It headline on the Pajama Party Show on Blog Talk Radio. We'll be right back. Looking for a new cocktail? 
to serve at your next dinner party? Trying to figure out what pairs well with your main entree? Then you need to visit the Cocktail of the Week archive at apajamaparty.com. We've got a list of all the cocktails we've featured on previous Pajama Party shows with recipes and pictures of the drinks. And believe me, we've had some good ones. And while you're on the website, visit the archives for previous shows. Just click on any date and you can hear the shows again and again. We've got you covered at apajamaparty.com. And tell a friend. They'll thank you. Welcome back to the Pajama Party. I'm one of your hosts, Papa Didi. I'm here with Kettle. Hello. And Red Wine. Bonsoir, darling. Je suis Ben Rouge. Uh, Kettle's not in the studio tonight, by the way. If you hear her, she sounds a little faint to you. She's out collecting that bull semen. Uh, Again, Kettle? <laughs> oh, well, it is what it is. Uh-uh. I'm right, so when you handle, tell you about it when I get back. When you handle that bull semen, strong gloves, <laughs> external use only. Yeah. Okay, watch it. All right. We don't want I remember to that. All right. Yeah, well, speaking of hit it and quit it. I'm going to get on this first story. I want to talk about this lady, um, Elizabeth Holmes. She's the founder of Theranos, this company. She's getting busted for all kind of fraud going on. Here's another one. Talk about white privilege. She is uh, with this company called Theranos that promised to revolutionize blood testing. They've been charged by the SEC with massive fraud involving more than $700 million dollars and her former president, uh, Ramesh Sumi Balwani, has also been charged. Now, the two of them raised a whole lot of money from investors using an elaborate years-long fraud. This wasn't like a weekend mm. fraud. They've been doing this for years, in which they exaggerated or made false statements about the company's technology, the business that they were doing, and their financial performance. So they were just lying all mm. over the place. Uh, mm-hmm. They agreed to resolve the claims against them, according to the SAC, the SEC, and she is going to give up control of the company and most of her stake in it. Now, that's what got me, most of her stake in it, but not all. Now, this mm. heifer has lied to investors, defrauded people, taken people's money under false claims. I'm not understanding why she's not going to do some time. That's mm. what I'm trying to figure out. Now, they're saying that this company was once valued at $9 billion. It started in 2003 when she was just 19 years old. She dropped out of Stanford University to launch this company, and then, you know, she was on the cover of all these magazines as being an up-and-coming, you know, millionaire on the rise and all this stuff. But in the truth of the matter, she was defrauding people and lying and doing all kinds of stuff. This blood testing, they were putting stuff out there talking about they had all this equipment, but they were sending it out using a third party's equipment to do the testing. So they were lying about mm-hmm. what they had to do the testing. I mean, it it blows my mind. And I'm thinking, like, well, when the SEC gets involved, I mean, it's fine to give them a fine if they were making all this kind of money. You know, $700 million, 
yeah, that'll probably make her have a headache, but why isn't she going to jail is what I don't understand. Why? So they go on to say about how they misled people, and they had she had all these people on her board of directors, um, people like Henry Kissinger, George Schultz, former Secretary of Defense William Perry, Senator Bill Frist, and Sam Nunn. All of them at one point in time were board members. So she had been real wow. good. She and her people were real good at snow jobbing folks. And it got good mm. to them and it couldn't get up. Yeah. So now they're just going to get fines, and she's going to have to give up most of her stake in the company. I'm like, really? The company was bogus from the beginning. Exactly. This is totally Here we go bull. with that privilege again. That white privilege. privilege. There it is. And what's her nationality? I don't know. She's a white woman. You sure she's white? Yeah, she's white. But the other guy was a was he a red was guy. Indian. Her, he was Indian. Pre- uh, the president of her company, he was Indian. Okay. And he's in trouble too. Okay. So that's all I got on her. But I'm putting uh, Miss Elizabeth Holmes on the kiss it list. Oh, that's right. Mm-hmm. I mean, they lock the black people up for me. being con artists. Yeah. Don't, don't they lock up black folks for being con artists? That's what they say. Yep. Looks like a Ponzi scheme to me. That's what it seemed like. Wow. But anyway. All right. We're going to keep it moving. Yep. On to the next one. Bumblebee. Bumblebee CEO charged with uh, price fixing on uh, Canned Tuna. What's up with this? Here's some more. Misbehaving. I used to trust tuna cans, man. Oh, All right. San Francisco. San Francisco, United States, uh, prosecutors filed a criminal charge Wednesday against the CEO of Bumblebee Foods as part of an ongoing investigation into price fixing in the uh, packaged uh, seafood industry. All right. A grand jury in San Francisco indicted Christopher Lempowski on one count of price fixing, alleging that from November 2010 to December 2013, he conspired with others in the industry to itemize and uh, compete with. They, 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 they basically, when it comes to tuna, there's all kind of tunas out there. Tuna could be cheap as hell, as as, as it could be expensive as hell, and mm-hmm. I think the the most expensive one is called uh, uh, our. Called, oh, that uh, chunky white albacore. Albacore, exactly. So, you know, it, it's so interesting because you can be fooled because nobody really pays attention that strong to tuna. But tuna is a very meticulous uh, meal that if you're going to eat tuna, eat good tuna. Don't When you go to buy tuna, you know, if it says $3, you know, buy it. If you want some, some albacore, you want some nice chunks when you open it up. Cause it could be salty if you don't mean I saw it. It could be real mushy too. So, mm-hmm. so he's in a situation where him and three other people, including the former Starfish Tuna Company executive, have uh, they've both been charged with gouging and, and pushing up prices and putting false names and claims on their packaging. Wow. Saying that they're albacore when they're not, and it's uh, it's just a mess. And a lot of people notice that when they start opening up the packaging because albacore is the you know, the real thick tuna, when you open up the can, it comes out in nice chunks, and it's a light, light pinkish, you know, white, pink, pinkish kind of color. And 
they were opening up a can of mush. So it's all about the labeling. You know, you can put a bad label on a, you know, it's, it's amazing. So, and it's just centuna. So wait, you saying now they were working with, he was working with executives from other tuna companies? Star, yeah, Starkist and, you know, the whole nine, all of them. So they all got together and decided. They all got together because they knew people weren't paying tuna too much in mind as far as wow. nobody knew that. Nobody had great knowledge of tuna. So he's able to admit, but then people do it for a while and it works, but then they get greedy. Believe me, you don't, people only stop being criminals when they get caught. Mm. It's not like they come to the senses and say, let's be cool. You know, not at all. So, so just look out for your tuna when you buy some uh, albacore. When you open it up, make sure it's got the uh, nice chunky pieces of tuna in there. And Sounds like you like albacore. That's my thing. Tuna's my thing. That's why I'm yeah, so you good better check the prices. Makes my skin nice and smooth. That's why. Uh-huh. So irresistibly gorgeous. I thought it was all that bull semen. <laughs> anyway, moving on. Carol, what you got? Carol. Oh, they're going to make me look at tuna a different way now. <laughs> she, uh, you can't She's always thinking time. about that tuna fish. Oh, boy. I recommend right. people buy albacore only. Okay, yeah, we okay. got it. All right. Um, a lawyer's uh, tirade against Spanish-speaking customer goes viral. Here we go again. I guess it's a privilege, folks. This is in New York City. A lawyer who was caught on video ranting against Spanish-speaking restaurant workers has been kicked out of, of his office space and faces a complaint from two elected officials. The lawyer's <laughs> brief pirate prompted the officials to send a letter on Thursday to a discriminatory uh, committee that oversees lawyers in the state. The power of the Internet also went to work against him, but the fundraiser started to send a, a Marathi band to perform outside his office. <laughs> so the that would be man fun. Yelling, in a Manhattan restaurant went viral on Wednesday, and he was identified through social media as attorney Aaron uh, Schlossberg. So um, a person by the name of Emily Serrano, she's a regular customer at the Madison Avenue restaurant, told CBS News that uh, she befriended one of the workers there and often interacts with him in English and Spanish. Um, Serrano says the patron who was um, in the line before her ordered his food in Spanish and that appeared to agitate the man in the video. Once she and her friend placed their order in the language, she said um, he flipped out on the worker. She then decided to pull out her phone and record him once she, she started to feel threatened by him. Oh, my God. Really? So, so he's flipping the, out because she ordered her stuff in Spanish? I guess so. She would do it in English and Spanish, he said. Um, oh, let me gosh. see. He goes on to say in the video, Schlossberg said he would be calling immigration and customs enforcement to have the workers kicked out of my country. He complained to another restaurant employee that it's America, oh, my God, here we go, and that in a Manhattan eatery, staff should be speaking English. I guess it's, it's 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 like you know when you go into a store and somebody's speaking Spanish and you know they're probably talking about you. I guess he got upset. So. But she was ordering her food. Me. She wasn't talking to him or about him. 
she was ordering her food, and he starts tripping out, talking about mm-hmm. this is America. You ought to be speaking in English. Yes, I mean, is he yeah. he doesn't own that establishment. He doesn't work there. He's not a manager. But white privilege made him feel like he's just going to lay the law down and threaten to call ICE on people who work there because he didn't like it. So wait a minute. Let me let me read this this last sentence. Uh, uh, Schwarzberg bio on his website says he focuses on commercial and insurance coverage issues. It says besides English, he speaks Spanish, French, and some Hebrew and Chinese. So maybe they were talking about him. Yeah, he so speaks Spanish. He, he speaks Spanish himself. Yeah. So he probably understood what language that they were talking, what they were saying. So anyway, he's gone. He's a done deal. Okay. So his landlord kicked him out of his building, huh? Good. Mm-hmm. Yep. 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 All right. I got him on the kitchen list. Okay. It's, okay. Crossburg. Uh, <laughs> I got it. Okay, I got one last one about this uh, meeting with Trump and Kim Jong Un. The question oh, is, is boy. it really going to happen? Uh, what was interesting is that Trump now is saying that he wants Kim Jong-un to understand how much he really wants to meet him. So Trump was on TV looking like he was appealing directly to Kim Jong-un, offering very strong protections to Kim Jong-un if he seals a deal. Now, we don't know exactly what the deal is, but he's saying that – you know, he really wants this meeting to happen. And he's saying all this stuff on TV. Uh, this meeting is supposed to be happening on June 12th in Singapore. Um, part of the problem is that Mr. Bolton, who is, I'm trying to find his title, John Bolton is, uh, what is he? He works for Trump. Um, I don't know what his exact position is. But he basically has a different position on this whole thing, different from Trump. So when he goes on different news programs and he's speaking about what he thinks needs to happen between North Korea and the United States, then Trump gets on TV and says stuff that are in direct opposition. It, once again, makes the administration look confused. So part of the problem is that Trump started comparing Libya and talking about how Muammar Gaddafi was, you know, ousted from his, what was he? He was uh, the head of president or prime, whatever he was. How he got run out of his office and ended up killed in the United States and had hands in that. So Trump is saying this stuff, trying to appeal to Kim Jong-un, saying, well, we wouldn't be looking at a solution like that because uh, Gaddafi was decimated. But we wouldn't be trying to do that. However, if we can't make a deal and you still want to hold on to your nuclear weapons and stuff, then it could end up like Gaddafi. So he's basically, as usual, talking out of both sides of his face. So I don't know if this meeting is going to happen. But for Trump to say things like, well, Kim Jong-un would still be able to be in power and he would still be there. You know, his people are very industrious people. They're very smart. You know, he's making it sound like he's giving Kim Jong-un permission to still be in charge of his own country, which I thought was kind of odd. I'm like, what What are you saying? Are you threatening to run him out? What? 
I don't get it. I, I just don't mm-hmm. get it. I think that's why that meeting may be up in the air because he says a lot of things that are confusing. And then other mm-hmm. people who are representing him speaking on the topic or saying things opposite. So I don't know. It's a whole lot of confusion. I don't know what they're going to do. I really think Trump needs to just not talk. But that's just my opinion. <laughs> yeah, that's very hard to do. Well, I guess we have to sit back and see. I don't know. Uh, he he's kind of calmed down now. The uh, Kim Jong and uh, Donald Trump has kind of you know been kind of quiet also. So he yeah, hasn't been unquiet. That's because he's been all over Twitter. <laughs> he's been quiet. Uh, he, he's attending to his wife. <laughs> mm-hmm. she, she's still recuperating in the hospital. Mm-hmm. You don't think he's going to you to see her? See her? <laughs> no, well, he did say mm-hmm. he did go see her. Okay. He stayed for about right. 45 minutes or so. But anyway. Mm-hmm. All right. Mm-hmm. Well, that's it for Hit It and Quit. Um, okay. Let's see. We're going to take a, a quick one, and then we're coming back with Papa Didi. And uh, what's popping? And right. we'll be right back on the Pajama Party Show. Ow! It's the Friday night adult talk show, The Pajama Party, on Blog Talk Radio, produced by DC Homegrown Entertainment. Visit us online at www.apajamaparty.com. Click the banner and you can join us online. Or call us right now at 914 803 The views and opinions expressed on this program are those of the Pajama Party crew and you. So pick up the phone and call us now, 914-803-4306, and tell us what's on your mind. There's a big fluffy pillow reserved up front just for you at the Pajama Party. And remember, it's PJs only, no clothes allowed. Pass it on. Now let's get back. To the pajama party crew and more of the pajama party. That better not be my robe. All right, welcome back to the pajama party. I'm one of those Papa Didi. I'm here with Kettle. Hello. And red wine. A bonsoir. I really got to change the company I keep. Anyway. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> going down. Is that what you're doing? Yeah, I tell uh-huh. you. All right. Fours and years ago, I stepped on Skid Row and never returned. Okay, so uh, what's popping tonight? You know what's popping tonight to me is uh, like um, uh, lawsuits against banks. You know, we we really need to we we really need to take back power. You know, from banks because they're like, and I'm not saying that. You know, just like hypothetically, you know, when you are collecting money and fees uh, on Mac machines and it ends up in in high millions, almost billions a year of just fees of somebody using your ATM machine that's not a member of your bank, at that point, you know, the bank needs to be able to be accountable for that and do something you know, banks are in communities, but they do nothing for communities. Isn't that amazing? I mean, I mean, maybe some of them do, but they make a lot of money. Just like the airline, the airline's the same way now. They still got a 9/11 tax. They got a fuel tax. I remember one time that the airlines were struggling to handle business. Now they got a surplus, a huge surplus, 
And a lot of them still want to kick it at you. That's why I just fly Southwest, the Negro airline. Thank you very much. Um, you know, but uh, recently there was a credit union in the, what do you call it? What do you call this area? DMV? D- DMV, yeah. DMV. There was a credit union in DMV area. I won't say their name. I won't put them on blast. It's a good credit union otherwise. But they got rid of their uh, coin machine, okay? And they got a brand new one, nicer than anyone I've ever seen. Not like the coin star at Walmart or the other one at, at ShopRite, the red joint, the monster joint, and they charge you like 10 15% for your money, you know? But this credit union got a brand new machine, and just like another bank, they took it out because I think people complained about the noise it made. And this one wasn't really making a noise, but it was... It, they, they they deemed it to be the eyesore and the ghetto aspect of the room, okay? You know, it's so sad in the world today, and I'm just going to break it down. You know, in life, when you work on your job and things like that, sometimes don't always look at how much you make a year, how much you make uh, a week or every two weeks or whatever. Sometimes focus on how much you make a day. But what you make a day really dictates where you are in your life, you know, how much you pull a day because you got a homeless person out there begging. It could be making more than you a day just by panhandling. So not to get off the subject, but this credit union had a coin machine that was all of a sudden taken out. And people complained about it, and they they filed a class action lawsuit and gave most of the members like a dollar fifty on a lawsuit because they, the, the people won the case about taking out the coin machine. A lot of the people in there, the managers and the upper managers of banks and credit unions, they look at the coin machine as being the eyesore. Well, here comes the ghetto people to take their coins and yada, yada, yada. I don't care who is what in this world, how much money you got. One thing about paper dollars, paper dollars turn into coins. That's what they do. That's their offspring, if you will, Okay. If you jiggle money of any magnitude, of any high magnitude, eventually it's going to trickle down to single dollars in coins. And you're going to have quarters and nickels and dollars. At the end of the day, every time you come home from work or come home, period, at the end of the day, you got change in your pocket. And if you throw it somewhere, it's going to accumulate and get bigger and bigger and bigger. You say, wow, I got a bunch of quarters in here. What am I that is? But the question is, where do I cash in my coins? And a lot of banks have given up on the coin business because it's an eyesore in the lobby. So they're, I don't know, get that out of here. Oh, my God. And people come in with their coins and different things. They come in with them in socks, in shoes, in fire boots, you know, in all kinds of different, you know, wherever you got your coins at, you know, in a fish bowl or whatever. And they think that when you come in, they reduce the standards of the person just because they're bringing coins into cash. But the person may have a bag of coins that may be worth like $245. But as long as you got paper, we can accept you in the bank. Hi, go to teller number four. You got a check? Oh, paper, cash a check, transfer some money, go to aisle number four. But when you bring that Maxwell House can in there, <laughs> when you come in with that blue Maxwell House can inside that knapsack, they look at you like you're the scum of the earth, and you can have a hundred fifty, two hundred thousand dollar job. It's sun, it's Saturday. You got your sweatsuit on, 
and you just got some coins you want to cash, but the banks say, oh, oh, no, get those coins out of my lobby. Are you kidding me? Coins? This is an establishment. Okay, go pitch those in a pond for luck. So, you know, it's just amazing how people need to understand in the world today. And Penny, the poor Penny, nobody gives a crap about a penny anymore. You can be a millionaire. <laughs> you can be laughing this, but you can be a millionaire. You can have a million dollars worth of pennies around your house, but there's nowhere to cash them in. Nobody wants to roll them. Nobody wants to take them. Not even the kids. The kids don't even want pennies. Mom, really? Pennies? Don't insult me, you know. So it's just amazing where we we, we where what have we done with ourselves when it comes to change? All dollar paper money is going to be trickled down to coins, and when it comes to coins, nobody gives a damn. You can only go to Walmart or Shoprite to their little coin star machines. It's going to charge you ten, fifteen percent, and you're sitting there. They don't care. They're grinding stuff all day. You know that's. You know, Walmart lobbies, they don't care about that. It's all day. But the banks don't want that noise, don't want that sound. And they've got any shame on them because they're the ones facilitating the money. You're the ones that are cooking the cash. The cash is where you are. They say, why do you rob a bank? Because that's where the money is. But that money's going to trickle down the coins. But when you got coins, don't come back to us because we don't want nothing to do with it. So anyway, that's just my little topic tonight on uh, what's popping. Okay, now. Anyway. Pop him over the head with that stat. They're taking a Walmart because our lobby, we just got new rugs. Get them Maxwell House cans <laughs> out of here. Get out with them damn dirty-ass coins. This Ooh. is an establishment. Okay. Kelly, you out there? Uh-oh. She's thinking. No, I'm here. I'm here. I'll take about those coins. Next time that I take my coins in, I had to look around, see who's looking. <laughs> Where are you going to take them? Nobody uh, takes them. You got to go to Walmart. Walmart or ShopRite. Kmart. Kmart. Mm-hmm. I'm not paying anybody a percentage to take my coins and change them out. I'm not. And with a bank's I'll just keep know. collecting them, but I'm not doing it. But anyway, we're going to lighten it up and slide into the weird news. And um, I think, actually, you got the first one on weird news tonight, Papa D. How did I get that when I just got done my second? I know. When I get done my segment, don't give me a story afterwards because I need time Hell to sip on my brown liquor. I just work here. All anyway, right, a man arrested for posing at a Texas high school athlete. This is in Dallas, okay? Police say a 25-year-old man, okay, he he, he dubbed two uh, Dallas high schools for nine months for posing as a, a 17-year-old student. And uh, he just wanted to play basketball. So he, wow. you know, he, uh, wow, he, he bamboozled the whole school system. And they won a, a city championship with him because he's really good, but he's 25 years old. All right, court record showed his name was Sidney uh, Beauvais, Gilstrip, Poultry. What the hell? <laughs> Four names, really? I'm going to just put down Sidney on the kiss at least. Yeah, he faces a charge of uh, tampering with government records, and he was arrested Friday. 
Dallas School District uh, officials say that uh, he first enrolled at uh, Skyland High School and later moved to Hillcrest High School where he joined the basketball team. All right, he was an outstanding player, took him to the city championship. Uh, district spokesman uh, Robin Harris uh, said the man took advantage of schools Open, opening doors to the students. They said they claimed that he was a, a refugee that was from the uh, recent hurricanes in in in, in Houston. So they yeah. went. They gave a break. So, for um, the superintendent named Michael uh, Holajosh, he apologized to the parents and said that the district worked to prevent similar situations in the future. Anyway, twenty-five year old boy. Is he kind of like? Touched in the head or something. I was going to go with the same thing. It's special. Yeah, that seems really and, extreme. And he started he started there in the ninth grade. Twenty five mm-hmm. years old and he was he was in the ninth grade playing varsity basketball. See there's something wrong with that. But you know, as long as you're winning, nobody's questioning it. But if he That's was horrible true. they would if he was, if they were losing he would say, Who the hell is that? But being as winning they let him do the That's did. just really weird. All right, wow. that's why it's the weird news. Okay. Yep. All right, in other weird news, um, in Berlin, domestic dispute with a parrot. Uh, police were called to investigate a domestic dispute, distur- I'm sorry, disturbance in a southern German town and found a man arguing, arguing with a parrot. A resident in uh, La Roche, Sounds like a roach. The watch near the Swiss border called the emergency number Monday to report his concerns about loud shouting from a next-door apartment that had been going on for some time. Police said Tuesday that officers sent to the scene found there was a loud argument going on, but it was between a 22-year-old man and a parrot. Are you saying a parrot and then a bird? A parrot, yep. The man oh told them he had been annoyed with the bird, which belonged to his girlfriend. The parents <laughs> responded to being uh, shouted at with loud noises of its own. Police said it couldn't speak, but could bark like a dog. If <laughs> <laughs> no one was hurt, the officers left. I'm like, are you serious? <laughs> wait, wait, wait. The parrot Here's doesn't talk, but it barks the like a dog. Barks. The parrot responded to being shouted at with loud noises of its own. Police said it couldn't speak, oh, but it could bark like a dog. I guess See, they were like, I, was officer, I wouldn't even want to put that in my report if I was that officer. Nah, I don't think so. Okay. They said it was a domestic uh, disturbance, so they thought it was two people arguing, so they said they'd go investigate and check it, check it out. So he's in there arguing with his girlfriend's parrot. There you go. Okay. Mm-hmm. I don't know who's okay. crazier, him or the parrot. See what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Okay. Yeah, well, um, I guess by now everybody's heard the social media debate over Yanni or Laurel. Um, okay. This started up on Wednesday as a short audio clip that sparked media debate over whether the word that was being heard was Yanni or Laurel. How people mm-hmm. hear it is similar to how people view that dress on the Internet three years ago 
And people were like, is it blue and black or is it gold and white? So the scientific explanation centers more on the quality of the recording and the resonance of the speech sounds. It's relatively Mm -hmm. low-quality signal that can be played over a variety of devices, and the sound was developed to be on a perceptual border, said Todd Ricketts of Vanderbilt University's Medical Center Hearing and Speech Sciences Department. They got the Mm -hmm. medical people involved in it. So they were saying, well, they said on a full-range, high-quality speaker, uh, you probably would hear Laurel, but over computer speakers, you keep hearing Yanni, is what Mr. Ricketts said. So Mm -hmm. they said when you say the word Yanni and Laurel, the waveform, you know, like when you speak and you see the wave signals, they said the Mm waveform looks very similar for the first band of energy resonance. However, there's a significant difference in the second and third resonances of the two words, which is how humans interpret the word. So people speculated all, you know, since we started this on Wednesday, saying, which one do you hear? So I'm going to play the clip, and everybody tell me what you hear. So here we go. Laurel. 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 Laurel, 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 Laurel. Okay. What do you hear, Papa Didi? I hear Yammy. Are you serious? <laughs> okay. I very clearly hear Laurel. You're very clearly out of your mind. What do you hear, Cattle? Laurel. Yeah, I guess you it's two would. against one. <laughs> I'm hearing Laurel. It sounded so clear to me that it was Laurel over and over, Laurel. But Papa D says he hears Yanni. I hear Yanni. Mm, mm, Whatever it is. Mm, mm, mm. I don't see it. Yeah. I guess okay. the debate will continue on. I hear Yanni. I, I don't know Okay. Why. I'm not going to tell you you don't. I'm hear. just saying I, I don't know. Clear as a bell. Maybe I'm old and crazy. I don't know. Maybe that's what I don't know. Mm-hmm. Maybe we are. But look, anybody okay. else? Call in. Tell us what you hear. <laughs> is it Yanny or is it Laurel that you hear? I hear Yanny. Yes, it is. Okay. I'm just saying. It's anybody want to weigh in? Three or four times. That's what, you got Laurel out of that? I got Laurel every single time. You want to hear it again? She's smoking. I ain't smoking anything. I got my gum filled, but I don't think that's affecting my hearing. <laughs> Let's hear it one more time. Okay, listen. Laurel. Okay. Laurel. Yeah, me. Laurel. Yeah, me. Laurel. Laurel. Yeah, Laurel. Laurel. I keep hearing Laurel. 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 Where's your spaceship? I hear Laurel. Guess what? Spaceship. I don't hear neither. <laughs> oh, please. I don't hear you always got to be switching and always try to be neutral. Uh-uh. What do you hear? Seriously, what do you hear? It's Yammy. What do you hear, Cal? Yammy. Yammy. Yammy Laurel. <laughs> See, she always try to be in the middle. Take a side. Which one? Oh, Yammy Laurel. All right. That's a, that's a new word. Okay. Uh, yeah. Well, it's just an illusion thing, you know. They had an illusion thing back in the day that uh, that used to hang in my parents' house on the refrigerator. It was a uh, it was a princess 
turned upside down was the old woman. Oh, really? Yeah, that was very interesting. Okay. One piece of paper. You flip it one way as an old woman, flip it another way as a princess. This is amazing. <laughs> anyway. Okay. I don't expect well, y'all know anything long. about it down here in the DMV area, y'all. No, that was probably no. before my time. Y'all, no, y'all just That's Before slow. mine, too. Before y'all, mine, too. Y'all just smoke. That must yeah. have been about the 1900s or it's something. It's a Philly thing. Uh-uh, you wouldn't uh-uh, understand. Uh-uh, uh-uh, uh-uh. Yeah, uh-uh. around 1904 or something like that. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Okay. Uh-uh, uh-uh. Okay. Anyway. So if anybody... If if any if anybody knows what they heard, hit us up tonight nine one four eight zero three forty three zero six. And press one. Mm-hmm. Yeah, me. Laurel. Laurel. Yeah, me. Laurel. Yeah, me. Laurel. How do you get Laurel out of that? It's very oh, clear boy. that it's Laurel. It was very clear that it's Yammy. Oh my goodness. All right, we're gonna take a quick one, and then we're coming back with moi. And I'm just saying, I'm going to talk about don't be a bully. Stop being a bully. So we'll be right back. What's your opinion? We want to know on the late night adult pajama party. Call us now on 914-803-4306 and tell us if you agree or disagree or if you don't care one way or the other. If you've been waiting all week to tell somebody what's on your mind, now is your chance. Dial 914-803-4306. 4306 and press 1 to speak with the Pajama Party live on the air. To listen to the show online, go to www.apajamaparty.com and click the listen banner on the top right. If you'd like to advertise your business with us, get in touch on www.apajamaparty.com. So call us now on 914-803-4306 and press 1. We will get to you as quick as we can. Now, back to the Pajama Party Live. All right, welcome back to the Pajama Party. I'm one of those Papa Didi. I'm here with Kettle. Hello. Are you okay, Kettle? Yes, I'm wonderful. How are you? <laughs> Sounds like you're eating fig bars. What are you eating? Fig bars? <laughs> I'm eating paper. <laughs> Oh, Lord. Uh, All right. And we got red wine here, too. Oh, well, thank you for remembering. I'm going to forget your, your cologne. Yes, how cute you. Whatever. you lucky it's not me strangling. What are you wearing? You're wearing that stuff my mother I'm wearing beats beside your head. You're wearing what my mother always told her not to get her, which is called Desert Flowers from Avon. You ever do Oh, no. Flowers? I don't mess with that stuff. Yeah. So you Anyhow, uh, it's, excuse me. Don't it's my breathe. time now. Well, I'm just, I'm just saying. Yeah, that's a good topic. Stop being a bully. Your little brown privilege. I'm going to talk about stop being a bully. brown privilege. Bully. Tonight, I'm going to talk about stop being a bully. I was listening to Trump talking about this pending meeting, which we were talking about earlier with Kim Mm Jong-un, where he was saying that he would make a deal and offer protections and that Kim Jong-un would still be in power in his own country. Then he referenced what would happen, uh, what had happened to Gaddafi, talking about how he was run out of office and killed and saying that he didn't want to see that happen. But then he said, but, you know, it might go down like that if we can't reach a deal. What kind of double talk is that? Kim Jong-un already runs his own country, FYI, Mr. Trump. So stop being a bully. I'm just saying. 
If you're going to negotiate honestly, just do that. But don't try to bully the man. I really don't think Kim Jong-un is the kind of person you can push around. I think he's probably crazier than you are, Mr. Trump. So I wouldn't push that man's buttons if I were you. And then I read about how several sources within the post office said that Trump has been continually trying to pressure the postmaster general to raise the price of shipping on Amazon. But that's because Trump hates the owner of Amazon, who also owns Washington Post, Mr. Jeff Bezos, because Bezos has more toys than Trump, and he's jealous. So now Trump wants to use his position as president to bully the postmaster general. Good gracious, man, stop being a bully, I'm just saying. The postmaster has told Trump over and over that a price increase on Amazon and other customers like that would require all kind of approvals at different levels. Plus, he has contracts with these companies, and he's not going to just up the price because you keep trying to bully him into doing it. But Trump isn't trying to hear that. He thinks he can bully this man into doing his dirt to satisfy his issue against Jeff Bezos. But that's how rich folks roll. They don't want to dirty their hands to do their own dirt. They pressure or bully other people to do it for them. And when this crap hits the fan, then they just throw people under the bus, take the attention off themselves. So I'm just saying, man, stop being a bully. And his poor wife, Melania, poor thing, she's launching an effort to try to stop bullying in the schools. I'm still shaking my head over that one. She lives with the biggest bully in the country. I just wish she would start with her own husband. And I hope she's feeling better and gets out of the hospital soon as a PS. But I'm going back now to the way he handled uh, Rex Tillerson. Now, remember how he tried to bully him into acting and saying what he wanted him to. And when Rex started going rogue, Trump fired him over freaking Twitter. He wouldn't even face the man face to face. He's going to fire him over Twitter. Who does that? A coward, that's who, a coward and a bully. Nobody, at least anybody that you respect, should be disgraced like that. So, oh, and another one he fired, McCabe. Remember him? He fired McCabe two days, just two days before he could retire and collect his pension. That is a straight-up bully move. It's a punk move, but it's a bully move. And then he had his attorney hire somebody to threaten that woman, Stormy McDaniels, McDaniels, trying to keep her quiet. That's another bully move. He gets on Twitter and talks smack about people, calls people names. I'm just saying, Mr. Bully-in-Chief, stop bullying people. Man up and act like a grown-up. This is red wine, and I'm just saying, we don't need a bully in charge. We need a responsible president that will do his job. That's all I'm saying. All right. That was a good one, right, Ron? Well, thank you, Ketel. Okay. <laughs> I'm Ketel. All right. Um, <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to just keep oh. things moving so we can get to uh, right. what else. Oh, living for the city. It's uh, waiting on Papa Didi. He just uh-huh. went back to the bar again. Again. Okay. Yeah, take a little I Yeah, I guess we'll have to. 
while he mm-hmm. freshens up his glass. So we'll do okay. that, and uh, we'll come right back on the Pajama Party Show. You're listening to the Pajama Party Late Night Adult Talk Show. We've added a new segment to the show called the Kiss It List. Every week, we put people on this list who have done dumb stuff or have been irritating or just gotten on out of your nerves. So we call them out and put them on the Kiss It List, and we tell you why. If you have somebody you want to add to our Kiss It List, hit us on Twitter at Party and use hashtag Kiss It, and we'll add them to the list. If you prefer to email your contenders, send them to info at apajamaparty.com. We'll call them out every Friday night at the end of the show, so get those names in. Now, let's get back to the Pajama Party crew and more of the show. DJ, would you mind turning it up a notch? Oh, how rude. Oh, you're on the kiss it list. And we're back. It's the Pajama Party Show. Oh, he caught me. Yeah, welcome back to the Pajama Party. I'm one of your hosts, Papa D. I'm here with Kettle. Kettle. Yeah. And red wine. The Venusla, darling. Whoop. Cheers. All right. Uh, living for the city. Uh, tonight, I, I, I just want to talk about, um, as far as, uh, I think, the unification of people. You know, I think when it comes to your family members and everybody, just, just hold everybody accountable. To what they should be held accountable to when it comes to the family, you know, because it all begins and ends with the family in all actuality. What we do, the in-between stuff really means nothing. You know, once we, we, we start in our beginning and we start in our end, it all comes back full circle. You know, despite where we are in it, whether we're the older group or the middle group or the younger group, whatever, everybody's going to get old. You know, everybody is going to be and victims of who who are who birthed us and who raised us and what they possess and what we possess and what they handed down to us. You know, some people's families are enriched with, with um mounds and mounds of, of things like cancer and things like that. And we have to give major, major prayers for families that in, inherit that. You know, my family unfortunately is not that that heavy but we, we inherited hernias. Very interesting that everybody has had hernia operations. It's really weird. But if your family has inherited something in particular, it's so sad that there's no nothing you can do about about it. Sometime wait until you receive it, and then that, it, that you now you own it, whether it be diabetes or whatever. And, and we just have to take the time to prevent or try to prevent anything that's uh, forthcoming. But but to know that we need to learn our family to learn who we are because. That's what we're made of, no matter what we try to do on the outside or what we try to perpetrate or whatever. You know, that's what we're made of, and that's what will define us, you know, and will take us to our demise. You know, what we what we had inherited just through our history, just through our ancestors and what they possess. And uh, whether it be diabetes or anything that's out there that's, uh, I won't use the word contagious, but... Things that are inherited, you know, like a man inherits a bald head from his father. It's just true fact, you know. When I first saw my hair balding, I, I couldn't believe it. I was so good looking. My hair was so beautiful. And all of a sudden, there was a bald spot. I didn't know what to do. I lost my mind. 
I went to my father and said, how dare you? Damn you. Damn you. Damn you. Put a ball spot in my head. Damn you. And uh, I went on to cut it ball and, and got even more attractive. So I'm, I'm good. But anyway, I just want to put that out there oh, for... Uh, <laughs> I just want to put that out there for them for the city tonight. Okay. Right? Well, thank you for sharing. <laughs> all righty. All righty. That is so interesting, Papa. We must thank you for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I don't even know what to say. That thing took a sharp <laughs> left turn. <laughs> <laughs> It just came right back, huh? Oh, boy. That's Papa Didi. Yeah, he got us. He had us all reeled in, and then he went, skirt. (laughs) He sure did. (laughs) But it's all good. That's why we love Papa Didi. All right. Well, that's the pajama party show for you. So, anyway, it's time to head out to the West Coast. Out to uh, Hollywood. He can't help it. He can't. He can't. Okay. Well, I might as well get right into it. I know everyone has heard. Um, it's a new show called Red Talk Table uh, with uh, Willow Smith and um, her mother, Jada Pickett-Smith, and um, Jada Pickett-Smith's mom. And... Willow talks about um, some things that she went through when she came up with the the big uh, song called Whip My Hair. She was only nine. So Jada Pickett Smith's daughter, Willow, opened up about her past struggles with self-harm and cutting herself in a recent episode of the, um, the Smith's The Red Table Talk. Um, it's an episode called Surviving Loss. Smith sat down with her um, Table Talk co-host, which was her mother, Adrian uh, Banfield-Jones, and her daughter, Willow, to talk about coping with the pain of loss. So Willow opened up to her mother and her grandmother and explained that after hitting stardom at the age of nine with the single, With My Hair, she's 17 now, she said she experienced a great loss of self, which led to her to put her in a dark place. So, you know, I guess I guess some people are thinking, well, how could Jada let that happen? Maybe she was too busy, maybe she didn't understand, or maybe she just didn't see what was going on. Apparently, she did not. But uh, you know, that family is, is, is kind of kind of open, uh, free reign, so to speak, of their kids, and maybe at that time she just was just not paying attention. But uh, hopefully, you know, maybe. At this time, I guess she's got, gotten through it, and maybe she just doesn't need the help. But I guess, you know, that's something we're going to watch. All right. Um, we have a, a Billboard a Music Awards coming up. It's coming on NBC for the first time, and it's going to be at the MGM Grand Garden Arena in Las Vegas. Starts at 8, and the, the host is going to be Kelly Clarkson. You know, Kelly Clarkson, um, she won the American Idol competition back in 2002. And uh, now she is um, one of the um, judges on The Voice, also. So it seems like she's um, she's she's really out there now. Um, my thing was I always liked Kelly Clarkson, but everybody would make a big deal about as far as her weight and all of that. But 
guess what? She she she's doing the daggone thing now. So the nominees for the 2018 Billboard Awards um, have been revealed, and here we go: Kendrick Lamar and Ed Sheeran. That's my boy, Bruno Mars. I know that's your boy, Red Wine. They have um, uh, 15 nominations apiece. So those are the top hitters: Kendrick Lamar, Ed Sheeran, and Bruno Mars. Um, and Drake, he has a nine nod, and Taylor Swift has five. So it's going to be interesting to see if uh, crazy Kanye West just jumps up on the stage and talks about Beyonce's album or something. That, that's going to be funny. Um, also, Justin Bieber and Carney B are tied with eight nominations. Um, Carney B, she's up for the uh, for the top new artist. Also facing against um, 21 Savage. Camilla Cabello, Khalid, and Kodak Black for the um, um, top new artists. So that should be interesting. And also, um, Janet Jackson, she is getting the Iconic Award um, of the night. So that should be interesting. She um, she shares that with uh, Cher, Neil Diamond, Celine Dion, Jennifer Lopez, Prince. <laughs> And Stevie Wonder, um, they got um, the Iconic Award um, some time ago. Um, Ms. Jackson has earned more than 100 100 number ones on Billboard charts. Um, She has 19 number one hits on the dance club songs. Um, So uh, this press release uh, uh, came out uh, today. Janet Jackson is one of the most influential entertainers of the modern era. She has won six Grammy Awards, a Golden Globe Award, earned two Emmy nominations, um, a nomination for Academy Award, and so on and so on. She has received um, accolades as an actress as well, NAACP Best Supporting Actor Award. Uh, Jackson is also a published author, dancer, business um, person, philanthropist, and one of the biggest selling artists in popular uh, music history. Um, she has sales over 160 million records worldwide sold. So can't wait to see her. She's going to perform also on the stage too. So that's going to be pretty good. Um, I, I guess everybody knows, you know, she had a baby. Uh, so, you know, that's old news. Um, also the big thing this, this weekend is Saturday, the, uh, Harry, he's getting married, uh, as Anthony Anderson said earlier, one of us is finally in the kingdom. <laughs> he is so funny. Wow! So it should be it should be real interesting this weekend to uh, to see that. Um, you guys are going to get up to see the wedding. Actual wedding is going to be early this morning. Well, Saturday morning. So you guys will get up and see it. You said it. What? What time? Four. Yeah, that's what time is supposed to be at four. I think for their time, I'm not sure what time, but it's early. Okay, I guess you. Some people say they're gonna see it on YouTube. They'll see it uh, on Hulu, whatever later on Netflix. <laughs> A lot of people were saying that. Um, last but not least, uh, the uh, four uh, movies you should go out and see this weekend. Um, Deadpool two. If you saw the first one, they said the second one is so much better. Um, the book club. Um, with uh, Diane Keaton, Jane Fonda, and other, other couple of actors, Candace Burton. I don't know where they dust her off. Um, also, one called Show Dog. 
It looks pretty funny. And um, there is a documentary out on the Pope, Pope Francis, a man of his word. So those are the top four movies we go see this weekend. And that's my Hollywood wrap-up. All right, Cattle. Thank you so much. You're welcome. Well, you got it all in there tonight, huh? All right. Got a lot to do this weekend besides, the, you know, dealing with the rain. We got a lot to see on TV and, you know. Check out. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, some, it's some animated features coming out soon. Incredibles 2 is coming out. And uh, Dracula with the monsters. Really? I don't know the name of it. Yeah, they got another <laughs> okay. one coming out. Yeah, number three. Uh-huh. Uh, what's it called? Uh-huh. I can't remember now what it was called, but that was funny. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, uh, blah, blah, one blah, more thing Oh, one more to probably check out. Um, Gabrielle Union, she's back on a thing called Payback is a Mother. So, if you guys haven't seen it, go check it out. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that, I saw the previews of that. That seems very interesting. Yeah, yeah. it looks pretty good. Yeah. That's nice. Mm-hmm. One woman show. All right, man. Okay. And I just had right? a. I, yeah. I had a quick follow up to the lawyer who went viral in that video for yelling at the uh, Spanish people in that store in New York. Uh-huh. A bunch of New Yorkers, like hundreds and hundreds of New Yorkers, got together with speakers and everything and had a big party right outside of his house. <laughs> Just to torture <laughs> Maybe oh, they've been trying to get rid of him for a long time. Who knows? Yeah, they probably were out there playing Spanish music and some more stuff. So, yeah. I say, well, why, why, they, why are they so hard on him? I mean, I know we're running out of time, but I mean, the ladies go get their nails done and they go listen to Koreans and Vietnamese people talking about him all day. Exactly, he's comment. being a jerk off. No, I'm not, I'm not. I'm in agreement with him. I mean, really? When you go in, when you go in the nail salon, those Vietnamese and Korean people talking about you sisters all day. But he was in somebody else's place. He was. He didn't. The want lady was said that this was a regular customer who speaks Spanish. She speaks Spanish, and sometimes the lady orders in Spanish. So the lady going, was ordering in Spanish, say, and he freaked first out. First of all, Spanish people of another language will always speak. People will. People. Let me tell you something. Unless you're blind to the fact, whenever somebody sees somebody from their own nationality, they're going to go back to their roots and start speaking it because, first of all, they're not the greatest English speakers. But why is that an issue is my question. Why is that a problem? Okay, because you've never been to Hong Kong, but they're not going to care about your English speaking. And nor would I expect them to. Okay, so when you need to learn, when you look at their menu. If I go to some foreign country, it's on me to try to learn that language. When they come here, it would be great for them to learn English. But if they're speaking to each other in their own native tongue, why would that be offensive or bothersome to me? You know what? Let me tell you something. I see people every day in this world that speak English and Spanish, and they walk around like they're king because they got the best of both worlds. Okay. And what does that make you? It makes them bilingual, that's all. It makes you feel like you have an inside trap? No, it just makes them bilingual. Okay. I don't see, I don't get it. I don't see why that's a problem. I mean, why why should I care? When I go to the nail shop, they talking that stuff, and I don't know what they're saying, but I still give them my money and get my nails done. That's on me. 
If I don't like it, then I need to go somewhere else where they speak English, if that's what I want, if that's important to me. Okay. Anyhow, it's time for the cocktail of the week. Uh, Kelly, you got it? No, you got it. Oh, you, you know what? You two guys, our show goes so well, and <laughs> y'all two come in like... The cocktail of the week is brought to you by DC Homegrown. Oh, professional now, y'all blew it. Now you go, oh, oh, now, me, now I'm the greatest in the world. Excuse but me, five sir. minutes ago, you, you blew it. Sir, excuse me. The cocktail, I'll begin again. The cocktail of the week <laughs> is brought to you by DC Homegrown Entertainment, mm-hmm. a parent company. Oh. And tonight's cocktail is called the Lion's Den. Mm. It's the Lion's Den. Rawr. Now, to make a Lion's Den, you need one and a half ounces of Hennessy Privilege Cognac, oh. one oh. ounce of Grand Marnier oh. liqueur, Three quarters ounce of fresh lime juice and a splash of cranberry juice. Mm. Now you want to put this in a martini glass and sugar the rim by wetting the glass and dipping in sugar. Then you want to put uh, all your ingredients in a shaker with ice. Shake it up, strain it into your martini glass, and garnish with a twist of lime. It's an elegant tangy martini, great for your next aperitif. You will enjoy the Lion's Den cocktail. And you can find that recipe on the Pajama Party website right now. You can see a picture of it. Get the recipe instructions at apajamaparty.com. Click on Cocktail of the Week and get all that information. Does the date come with that? If you ask somebody, just saying. Okay, uh, Papa Didi, why don't you tell us about the Kiss It list? All right, yo, I thought you wanted me to read now. Okay. Kiss list is people that uh, showed their butt hiney last week and up over the last few days, and we're going to put them on blast and uh, let you know who really showed their a double S. Okay, yeah. I have Papa Didi tonight. Uh, Rudy Giuliani. Oh, please! For saying a bunch of stupid stuff every He's time he opens his He's mouth. A mess. Uh, Trump for all that double talk about China and Qaddafi. And for being a bully. Also, we have white people that call the cops on people of color for no reason. In the neighborhood. Yeah. Uh, the four cops responsible for the murder of Kevan Robinson in Louisiana, who died while in the custody of these four cops, who have now been put on administrative leave. Paid administrative leave. Yeah. Also, we have that guy in New York, that lawyer, Aaron Schlossberg, who went off on the Spanish-speaking customer. That's my main man. We have the Fox News Network. For lying about executive Diane Brandy, who was named in a sexual harassment case, and they've been saying that she's been on indefinite leave, but turns out they were lying. She's been quietly working all this time. So they're busted for lying. Uh, I got the NFL for only having two people of color as principal owners of any NFL team. And those two people are one Pakistani-American man that owns the Jaguars and an Asian-American woman who co-owns the Bills. Mm. So you have people who have, like, little percentages, but they're not primary owners or considered as principal owners. Only two. 
We got the Trump administration for proposing a new role, a new rule today that would ban abortions and facilities that receive federal funds. That was another thing they rolled back from what Obama had finally got approved. Um, also, we have Georgia State Senator Michael Williams for campaigning for governor of Georgia and what he calls a deportation bus, threatening to take illegals back where they came from. We got Cassie Pruden Rivera for embezzling $400,000 from her nine-year-old son's account in Michigan. He got a medical settlement for birth defects, and she just been spending the money. <laughs> that heifer. That's all I can say for that. Also, we got John Kelly, chief of staff, for saying undocumented immigrants lack the skills to assimilate into the U.S. society. Well, they sure laid Mark Carpet good. Anyway, we got Elizabeth Holmes for defrauding investors, Bumblebee Tuna executive for price gouging, banks that uh, that get over on fees, mm-hmm. and the guy Sydney. And they don't put a coin machine when all big money trickles down to coins on the back end. Okay, and the guy named Sydney, the 25-year-old who was posing as a 17-year-old playing basketball, and uh, let's see. We have a caller. Let's see if they want to add somebody. I just need you to look. Please. please. Caller. Caller. Hello, okay. caller. You're okay. live on the air. Please. Did you want to add somebody on the kiss? <laughs> look. Just look. Okay. I think she's distracted. We're going to try to come back to you, caller. Are you there? Hello. Okay. We'll try to come back. Okay. Um, so that's everybody on the Kiss It list, and we have a prize for them. And Kiss here it is. My in- Welcome back to the Pajama Party. Uh, I want to host Papa Didi. I'm here with Kettle. Hello. And Red Wine. Bonsoir, darling. Anyway, um, um, what was that, Kettle? Oh, I I just wanted to start off the last word for the night. I didn't want to uh, make sure I didn't yeah. forget. Uh, yeah. Sorry? Yeah, go and do your thing. We know you got memory issues. Okay. Go ahead, do your thing. <laughs> All right, Pop, I'm going to get you when I get back in the studio. But um, uh, rapper P. Diddy bought a painting by Chicago artist Carrie James Marshall for a record uh, $21.1 million. He is the um, what uh, black artist. Uh, that's the highest painting from somebody who's bought from a black artist. Interesting. Okay. But, uh, cool. that's, that's my last note, so... Uh, I guess they can kiss the kiss the kiss at the white privilege. <laughs> we got money too, yeah. goddammit. it. <laughs> yeah. All right. Oh, well, that's my last word. 
Well, my last word. No, you want to go, Papa? Oh, my last word is I'm gonna do all I can to buy and support Black, Black businesses, Black entrepreneurs. I'm gonna do my very best. Some of them make it a real challenge, but I'm gonna really try. And that's all I'm saying tonight. I'm gonna try to support my people. Over to you, Papa. Well, I just want to say the sad part about racism is that it geared things in all kind of different directions. If racism never existed, everybody would be dating everybody and nobody would be thinking about anything, you know, and that's the sad part about it is that people think that when you're dating a white woman, they they say, why are you dating our women and all? It's just it's a mess. It's a mess. We have to gear our life based on how the racial aspect is going to shine on what we do every day of our lives, and we really need to cut back on that because... You know, somebody want to walk up, maybe an older older white woman walking down the street, see a black guy and push up on him, and vice versa. But now you got to go with the standards or whatever, and it's just a mess. It's just a mess. We need to kill all that. Anyway. Yep. Let's all get along. Anyway, we're taking we're taking resumes because we're about to get rid of oh, kettle Lord. and red Say good night, Papa. We're about to get rid of kettle Say and good red night, Papa. Please send your red of Okay, resume. on behalf of Papa Didi, we're saying good night. Visit apajamaparty.com. And send your resume. And you can uh, listen to the episodes. And, you can red wine okay. and previous episodes. You can check out the cocktail of the week. Uh-huh. You can read about Papa Didi, Kettle and Red Wine, and any other information you need. Thanks to DC Homegrown, our parent company, for sponsoring us. And uh, we're out. Kettle, you say right. goodnight? You come say goodnight. <laughs> okay. Put the glass down. Say goodnight, Papa. Good night, everybody. All right. Bonsoir. We're out till next Friday night. Peace. Initiating shutdown sequence. Is it all over, Rock? I guess so. I bet you farewell, Aravatechi, Sayonara, and all that sort of shit. Well, when I say when you gotta go, you gotta go. Well, good night. Gabiko. Sana. I regret to announce this is the end. I'm going now. Good night. And good luck. Was it as good for you as it was for me? Now give me a kiss and say good night. Good night. Good night. Thank you. Goodbye now. Goodbye. Goodbye. Thank you. Goodbye. Thank you for attending our show. And good night. Put some